Downloads of this show are available on Potomatic.com and the Potomatic mobile app. Hi, this is Michelle Carlo, kids, and you are listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Come along and get embarrassed with us as I relive my infamous summer of Voice from the phone. <laughs> was my voice just so low? <laughs> Your voice was like, "Hello." Like you, you have a, like a sultry streak going on. You know that, right? Yeah. Thanks. You should. I should be radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd be perfect for radio. Are you kidding me? Perfect for radio. You'd be per- so perfect for radio that you should almost like get out of the phone and be actually here in person. I know. Well, that's happening. Is this that's happening? Like, couple days, yeah. Oh, boy. Coming a couple days. Exciting. My name is Alon. This is Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm Allison. And we are uh, Sans Jimmy for this week just uh, because of uh, a schedule uh, snafu in his work. You know, we do other things, by the way. We do. We do. We, we all are very busy, sentient beings that do this <laughs> every week for no money at all because we care about bringing you freeform radio on the internet that is not something we want to get paid for we want to give that to you because we love it so yes, that that true. that's that said that's why jimmy is not here this week but he'll be back next week paid. no but it's, it's exactly um you can't turn that you can't turn a good thing down things that you also can't turn down are the arts and the ability to support it i would hope we would hope I think we all would hope in these hard times of which we are living in, not to sound too grandiose, but truth be told, Radio Free Brooklyn is a good cause to commit to, and we would love to earn your trust and your respect. So please go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash pledge. For every amount of money that you decide to contribute, you get a perk, a tote bag, a hat, a mug. An alligator. An (laughs) alligator. Maybe. <laughs> really? A radio for Brooklyn Alligator? What what's his what's what's his name? Gary? Gary could be Gary for sure. Gary definitely works for me. 
And Jerry's, you, um, Jerry's hot on the trail, ready to come to New York. And if you want, <laughs> if you want to sponsor our show, um, and maybe be a sponsor for uh, Gary the Alligator, um, <laughs> where, where can they go, Allison? They should go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash LAR. Yeah. Help us directly, if you please. Yeah. Donate, uh, what, like a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, ten dollars. Be a sponsor for our Give show. Give me a dollar. No, no, no. Not no. like that. Be could you like could I please have a dollar? Exactly. Be very polite. That's what I try to tell people who are coming to the restaurant and who I serve. They're like, give me. I'm like, it's not give me, it's may I please have. Yeah. Manners. Right? I know. I know. Underrated. Underrated completely. We live in a very rude time. We need to start bringing back the politeness. I mean, I'm trying. Or the What's the, politeness? Is that, that that's a noun, right? I was about to say policy, but that's not. <laughs> Policies. <laughs> okay, I'm rambling right now, but no time for rambling. We must amble on. We have a very special guest in the studio, so let's get to her right now. <laughs> week is a Radio Free Brooklyn host that you can currently hear every Tuesday afternoon from 3 to 4 p.m. Her name is Michelle Carlo, and she hosts a show called Fish Out of Agua, an immensely entertaining storytelling program where she doesn't do much different than what we do here, except she is digging deep into her life. She has been doing this for, I think, as long as we have, uh, and it's based on a book that she wrote Confirm with me, when was it that you wrote it? Uh, I wrote the book Fish Out of Agua um, in 2010, so it's going on eight years ago. Yeah. I wanted to do the show of the same name. I Well, my first reason, for, you know, because I know Tom and Robert, we go way back to the, yeah. art, to the art store days of surf reality and stuff. And when they started this little playroom, I was like, ooh, ooh, I want to do something. And I thought I would serialize the book because I always wanted to do an audio book, you know, and I have a pretty distinct voice. And I'm like, well, my book should be read with my New York accent. And when you hablo espanol, you will know that yo no puedo hablo espanol bien. When I speak Spanish, you know, I don't speak Spanish very well at all. I'm like more like Spanglish. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> I did it. I, for 
you know, they were still doing seasons then. So for 26 weeks, I read a couple of chapters from the book each week. And, you know, to break it up, because it's like, you know, how long can you listen to one person talk? I started doing these mini interviews with other artists and performers and writers and sundry that I knew. I mean, I've been a performer for a while since the mid late nineties. So I've amassed a kind of like group of network of humans that I'm friends or acquaintances or at the very least colleagues with. So I would ask them to come on and we talk, you know, about their trajectories to where they were and what they were doing. I'd play some songs from whatever time period of the book I was doing. And then that was the first season when that was done. I was like, well, now I know what to do. Ha ha. Get it? Because I said like the first show, when I finish this, I'm going to say, I want to do it again because I suck. And I just exactly what I said. The last episode, I was like, oh man, can I do this now that I know what I'm doing? But like, nah, you got to go forward. So what I decided to do was to take the focus off me and expand it on the guest artist. So every show now, I fish out of agua, I showcase a different artist for like 40, 45 minutes. And we have an in-depth conversation of where they come from, like what kind of family did they come from, their, their dreams when they were a child, their trajectory to the work that they're doing today and why it matters. And, you know, I predominantly feature women, people of color, acronym and differing abilities because I know being, you know, the redheaded Puerto Rican stepchild, whatever. Now, that wasn't a stepchild, but, you know, like that. Like I, I know all too well what it's like to be the other in the room. And I wanted to showcase the stories and the lives and, the you know, the art of people whose stories have been discounted, dismissed, and devalued for way too long. I think it's really way past time that we change the default in this country to what we think an artist looks, sounds like, and, and does. That's so. completely agreed. And if Jimmy was here, I think he would have a lot to say about that. But I guess we only have room for one Puerto Rican uh, in the room. Oh, no, in the house. Uh, in the house. Officially welcome to Lost and Rewound, Michelle. Thank uh, you. I'm Thank so you. glad that we finally were able to join forces for this episode. Yeah, it, it was a fortuitous thing. And, you know, um, happy accidents happen. I got laid off for my longtime day job. Woohoo! Oh, no. No, not oh, no, no. This is good. This is good because they didn't, like, lay me off completely. I'm working part-time freelance. You know what I mean? So, like, they yeah. took me off staff and now I'm whenever they need me. But I truly believe that a door is going to open for me now that I would not have been able to walk through had I still been full-time, you know, 40, 50 hours a week. How long were you in that position for? Uh, With this group, well, I've been working with this group of people for many years in this incarnation of this company uh, since 2012. All right. Yeah. Okay, so that's a fair amount of time. Yeah, but you know, when you find something that pays you a living wage and uh, treats you like a grown-up and doesn't complain about your slightly unorthodox extracurricular activities... I didn't have to hide who I was to be working with these people, and that was a big blessing. How, what's the longest amount of time that you've held a day job? Oh, well, I've been with this group of people since right after 9-11. This is just the fourth incarnation of this company. Yeah. So, so oh, I've, I've been with them, God, so it's like after 9-11. So how long is that? Like 17 years? That's a, that's a significant so, amount of time. Yeah, yeah. And that's the long, effectively the longest time you've ever held a job that, yeah. for that period of time. Yeah. I can't even think of any amount of time that I've had a job over... Well, I guess the current uh, employment that I have is six, going on six years now. Yeah, but there's a there's a bit of an age differential between us too. You know, I'm probably 17 years older than you. I mean, we don't have to go into specifics. But, oh, you know, we will anyway. Uh, oh, okay. that's right. No, we are. It's going to be very evident once you listen. To, <laughs> once we once we go to the cards are on the table already. Once we go to the cassette tape. 
It'll be very evident. You, 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 you did, yeah, exactly. You did uh, allude to it in the intro up to, yes. on the top of the hour. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, so, the infamous summer of '84, one of the worst summers of my whole friggin' life. We'll we'll get to that oh, in a little. We'll yeah. get to that in a little bit. But first, and the best, but mostly the worst. Okay. It's gonna always go both ways. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna be transformative. Yes. You should yes. say, you could say. Yeah. But about that though, so um, a lot of people know you. Your style is very brash and honest and confessional. Uh, your entire brand has been built around being this red-headed Puerto Rican who's from the Bronx. You've been living in Brooklyn now for... 30 uh, years. Which, in hindsight, is... 30 years? Yes, I know. But in hindsight, it's like you're from the Bronx and it's like, how dare you turn your back no, to No, the Bronx did not embrace me. I was the artist. I was the odd one out in my neighborhood. I got stabbed when I was in high school. No. I got beat up. I got spit on. My, they tried to set my hair on fire. It was not a fun time to be in high school back then, and and I grew up in a in mostly white neighborhood. So God, I don't even I don't even want to know. But that's where you know the book came from. And I went to the school of visual arts. That was like my way out. And when I graduated, I was going to be an artist. I set my mind to it, and I was done. I was as soon as I could, I left. You know, and like that's totally against Latin culture. Girls are supposed to stay home until they get married. And yeah, if you don't get married till you're forty. You're still home. Uh, and I'm just like, no, nah, I ain't having that. I was gonna say, like, I ain't having that. You weren't gonna leave the city. Like that was non-negotiable. Well, the thing was, I moved to Brooklyn because it was as far away from my parents as I could get, and still be in New York City. <laughs> and I am not ashamed to say that my parents wouldn't come and visit me for a full year because in 1988, Brooklyn was considered worse. Nobody the wanted Bronx, to live in Brooklyn, Brooklyn. like, huh? The 80s, the 80s, I mean, up until like mid, like early mid 90s, Brooklyn was, no, nobody, like I had friends, they wouldn't come visit me either. And I would say, you be like, yo, come out here, it's mad cheap. And they'd be like, Michelle, we didn't move to New York to come live in Brooklyn. And I was like, all right. Then like five years later, these same people are sweating me. They're just like, can you get us an apartment? It's like, I can't get you nothing. You should have moved out here in 1996 when I was telling you. Sometimes I think that 50 years from now, people are going to look at the 1970s with the same lens that we look at the 1870s today, like the Tombstone days, like the Wild West days, like Deadwood, this lawlessness where anything went and like, how did people live? That's, like, how do people live? Yeah. Well, Sometimes I look at people from my generation at the very beginning of Generation X, you know, the original one, the Douglas Coupland one. We were the last teenagers to have unsupervised freedom. We went out at 8 o'clock in the morning, and we got home when we got there. It was crazy. There's no cell phones. Yeah. You know, phones were in the kitchen. Water came from faucets. Yep. Mm-hmm. Iced coffee was when you left your cup on the fire escape. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You had to yell out the window. Yeah. You drop your keys out the window, and then your friend would come up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's old school like that. And you'd be out all the time. You would never be home. Like, okay, like maybe be playing Atari, but then it would break, and your father would like, I'm not buying you another one. That's the third one. Forget it. Those old Ataris, those original ones, the joysticks were like chopsticks. Actually, yeah, they, they my, my dad actually tried to fix one with a chopstick once. It didn't work. <laughs> no. <laughs> one of my uncles uh, lived in the East Village, and I wanted to have his life. My one in my life to be an artist in the East Village. He lived on Second Avenue above what this Chinese restaurant that was called Jade Garden that was there until like the aughts. It was there until like 2006, 7, 8. Crazy. And yes, yeah, Second uh, Avenue by 12th Street. So like where Nightingales and Dan Lynch, that whole stretch that we used to call the blood bars because people would be getting stabbed there all the time. Of course. And you, as, as you do. As you would yeah. Yeah, in, in the 80s, right? You would go into the apartment and it was like all exposed brick because you've been living there forever. 
and oh. um, they had he had a little backyard, and he had jazz records, and he painted, and he was a musician. I wanted to have that life, but it didn't happen. I was supposed to get the apartment because they were moving, and then he died, and then that was the end of it. What happened to the apartment then? Out of my grasp. Mm. Yeah, just I don't know. It's a loft it, now. It's, a, it's it's lost. It's it's a long time ago. It's lost, but now it's a loft. Yeah. Here we are at loft well, and rewound. Yeah. Yeah. Lost. Six hundred dollars, and now it's probably five thousand. Oh, I I he had been living there since yeah. the late sixties. He probably was paying like a hundred dollars a month. Hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh my god. Maybe even less. I don't know. It was. A, I, I don't know. I don't know. I was I was just a little bit too young and stupid to like really wrap my head around the business ends of things then. But you know you wanted the lifestyle. I wanted the lifestyle. You knew that you wanted to be... An artist. So where did you go to college? You went to SVA. I went to the School of Visual Arts. Ah, my sister went there too. Yeah. Much later. Yeah, a lot of of people went there. Uh, My brother-in-law, actually. Reverend Jen went there. Uh, uh, Cartoonist Patrick McDonald went there. Jerry Kraft went there. I took cartooning classes from... um, Oh my God, these are like such old school people. Uh, Harvey Kurtzman, who founded Mad Magazine. Oh, sure, of course. Cool. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. He taught there? Yeah, he taught there. Amazing. He taught cartooning in the, in the early 80s, yeah. There weren't that many girls in the class, and the number of girls would drop as the class went on, but I was one of the ones that stuck it out to the end, because I was like, they, I was like, listen, I grew up in the Bronx. These people ain't going to fucking intimidate me. <laughs> <laughs> these, these white boys aren't going to intimidate me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Little pit bull. <laughs> We got to get to the meat of today's show, and it is these tapes of which you have. These were made during your college years. Yes, these were made. I was actually, I, I was just freshly out, graduated from you SVA. You just graduated from SVA. I graduated from SVA. Time out. Tell us what Michelle Carlo was like, graduated from college. Yeah. As I gra- I had, who I, are you? Who am I? Who are you? Oh, my God. Uh, who is twenty two year old Michelle? Carlo? I was I was a little bit older. I was um, I was going on twenty four. I it. was a mess. A mess, you say? I was a mess. It was that you graduated college, so yeah. You, well, you, you know, made it. It, it, it took me almost six years, but you know, that's another story. That, it, it was transition. It was very hard for me. I mean, I don't know. Maybe for some people, their early twenties is the most fun that they ever have. But I didn't have these halcyon days of spring breaks and. Blowing tequila down my gullet and and like banging but who, random dudes left and right and, nobody and being happy that. and you know not having to pay for anything and I didn't have I, I had to that's work folklore it's Go, all folklore well, I don't know. everybody should be working and people that's you know if you, if you uh, see what your cousins or whatever are watching on MTV that's what that's how life is portrayed you know. I don't so, believe any of those people. Those are all actors. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, of course they're, they're all they're, actors. They're, they're paid they're all, party actors. They're all, they're, yeah. <laughs> Life is Jersey Shore. No. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, was, it was hard. I had a job. I was an assistant art director at a big, prestigious advertising agency. And about three or four months into the job, I wanted to get out of there so bad. I realized that I had made a big mistake with my life. I did not want to be assistant art director at a big, prestigious advertising agency. I felt trapped. I didn't know how to get out. And I think that probably that realization and that fear and anxiety manifested itself in ways for me to get out of that situation, but not in an articulated way. Like I behaved in ways and acted in ways that made that situation go away. And it would have been much better if I had had the maturity back then to be like, you know what, this isn't working. Uh, Why don't I try something else? But no, it was bad. I basically had the equivalent of a nervous breakdown that summer. And I medicated myself with mixtapes. Oh. 
Like I, I was breaking up. I had a boyfriend from college. I broke up with him because I had a crush on somebody else. We ended up getting back together. I, I didn't know what I basically. Michelle did not know what she wanted. 25 is kind of a watershed year for everybody. But before you're 25 and after you've graduated college, there's this sort of time of discovery. And it seems like you were knee deep in that discovery. Yes, absolutely right. I had spent, see, when I had spent most of my childhood and my teenagehood with this burning desire to be an artist. That's the thing that saved me from bad shit that happened in my childhood. That's the thing that saved me from bad shit that happened when I was a teenager. That was the one thing that I could focus on that kept me focused and kept me working, that kept me alive, basically. Alive. Like, not getting into things that some other of my peers got into where they ended up dead or in trouble or in jail or, you know, teenage pregnancy or worse. I just was like, I'm going to be an artist. I'm not doing this, 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 that. And then I achieved it. I did it. I supposedly got the thing that everybody else wanted and everybody else thought I should have. And I was like, this is crap. I don't want it. I wanted to be an artist artist. You know what I mean? I didn't want to do to draw what someone else told me to draw. I didn't want to write what someone else told me to write. I wanted to find a way to do what I had the, the expression of. And I didn't know how to go about it. So my whole world went. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I lived and I medicated myself on my mixtapes. So about the medication of mixtapes, uh, what, what kind of dosage were you looking for? Oh, well, <laughs> what? Say it again. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't. Allison caught it. I, I can't. I couldn't help but be a dork. Nope. What am I talking about? I I can always help it, but I just go by my instincts. Um, what kind of dosages were you? Oh uh, my dosage! Oh my god! Every night, uh, I go home. Repeat the shitty joke. I, I, I was still living with my parents, and I would go out on my fire escape because the station that I taped from was WLIR ninety two point seven WLIR broadcasted out of Long Island. If I had my little boombox with the tinfoil on the antenna, and I pointed it towards the Whitestone Bridge, I got a perfect reception. And I would just make tapes for, like, hours. And not even good tapes. I'd cry, smoke cigarettes, you know, sneak beer. And this is on the fifth-floor fire escape, okay? I'd be out there for, like, two hours making tapes. I didn't care. I wasn't even listening to edgy music, you know? Like, I had friends that were going to the East Village. They were going to clubs. They were going to CBGBs. They were going Great Gildersleeves, King Tut's Wawa Hut. They were going all over the place. And now I was listening to cute little new wave dance songs. You were sticking around at home and listening to the radio. Yeah. And the DJs probably knew you by name. If there was a request hour, <laughs> you were all up in that. I actually won tickets to the Ritz to see one of the bands that we're going to of a song that we're going to play in a little bit. Let's get started, actually, with this. The this- summer of '84.
trouble dance behind Cause your friends don't dance And if they don't dance Well, there are no friends of mine See, we can go where we want to Place where they will never find And we can act like we come from out of this world We don't know what was haircut 100 with boy meets girl and before that flock of seagulls i ran and up at the top we had the men without hats and the safety safety dance Um, that was a rock block summer of 84 rock block and recorded with pure uh radio magic yeah, yeah. that i'm really surprised that there was no lir dj in there there might be someone in the next tape or yeah in the next segment for sure um Oh, those songs made me happy. Did those things make you happy, Those Allison? songs made me really happy. The first song, I just, I, that song, is, I don't know why, but it has memories of me, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. What memories are invoked? I, I feel like there was like a dance party I was at years ago, but there, I don't know. There's like some solid memory I have with that song, but I don't know what it is. It's just like a feeling I get every time I hear it. 
remember the video on MTV with the maypole? Oh, yes, I did. Totally. My bone to pick with that song is, is that every time I hear it, I feel like I'm hearing a different version. My favorite is always the maxi single because just give me the longest possible version of that song. <laughs> As opposed to the two and a half minute song, the extended version has the we can dance if we want to talking it, not singing yeah. it per se. Oh, yeah. So the 12 inch man. Yeah. The 12 inch record. I ran pulls a special place in my heart for those who are uh, listening at home who know me through the karaoke circuit. I ran is pretty much like what I'm known for in the karaoke, really? in the karaoke world. Yeah. That's your go to song. It's not my go to song. Oh. It's just a song that What's I've done. Song? What? What is your go to song? Like the song that you will always pick because you know that you can you can nail it. There's a lot of them. <laughs> oh my god! Well, excuse me, excuse me. I didn't know I was hanging out with with somebody that um had what had karaoke at fame. Uh, wow, look, I, I I genuflect now. I have to be humble, all right. I'm just saying that there are certain songs that <laughs> I know that I can do well after doing them ad nauseum. I won't ever forget in Greenpoint, and it was like really cold out, and it happened to be around my birthday. I was hosting this night. And I did that song. And by that point, people knew my whole deal. <laughs> and I took my shirt off, which is a crime against humanity. Yes. But I took my shirt off and I ran outside and was just like dancing in the street. And one of the patrons took his shirt off. And so there's like these two pasty white dudes in Greenpoint on like a Thursday night. Oh, <laughs> just a typical night. And it's snowing. Someone out. probably thought they were filming another episode of Girls. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Well, well, girls was around then. No, maybe not. It hadn't. It was not quite there yet. Maybe you inspired it. Maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Haircut One Hundred, famous for Love Plus One. And uh, boy the, meets girl. Boy meets girl. I like that song a lot. Happy music. It, it makes you want to. It made me want to dance. So, question for you is: uh, you had names for these tapes, but they all were a sort of a variation on the word wave. Yeah, because. New Wave. That was what I was yes, into. Yes. And uh, WLAR was the station that dared to be different. And they played punk and New Wave. So I just, they, I don't know. They just kind of just like latched on. So there was like Summer Wave, uh, Next Wave, Alternate Wave, Party Wave, Labor Wave Weekend. You know, stuff, <laughs> Labor that, wave. stuff, stuff that you think is profound at the time, but really means crap. Later on, you're like, why did you do this? But, you know. As one often says about things done in their youth, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Recording off the radio is always a good idea. Yes, and keeping the tapes into your adulthood is even a better idea. Radio Free Brooklyn. This week we are chatting with Fish Out of Agua host Michelle Carlo, and we've got Allison Goodman over the phone. 
And if you want to listen to our past episodes, we have plenty of them, in fact. It's kind of a little bit ridiculous at this point. We've gotten to the point where we're going triple digits for not just our full breadth of uh, episodes, but even on Radio Free Brooklyn. It's happening. Like, we actually are creeping up on episode 100, also our two-year anniversary here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Listen to all of our Radio Free Brooklyn episodes on iTunes, on Spotify, which I just found out was a thing. And also, yeah, right? So you can listen to all of our episodes on Spotify and iTunes, as well as SoundCloud. And our main site, lostandrewound.podomatic.com. Uh, you can download them too. And of course, uh, if you have any audio you want to contribute, like Michelle here, you can go to Lost and Rewound at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. I want to keep going with some of the music here, but I wanted to ask the music that you are recording with regard to certain other radio stations. There was no other radio station that meant as no, much to it, you. It was LIR or nothing. When this tape was being recorded, the radio seen back then i think this is something that allison and i really don't have perspective of but i listened to radio a lot myself growing up and i will admit that i i was maybe i was a little charmed i had a charmed life because wdst in woodstock new york was free form and didn't uh, have to sell out to clear channel um, unlike a lot of other radio stations did eventually the variety was very pronounced it seemed how would you compare to somebody who is not really too sure of how to think of radio back then versus that of now. I mean, if you want to even go back a few more years, when there was AM radio, there was this station called WABC, AM, music radio. You could hear anything from the Beatles to Smokey Robinson to uh, Frankie Belly and the Four Seasons, uh, an odd Led Zeppelin, a Black Sabbath song. A lot of Motown, something poppy, something from the Monkees, something from the Young Rascals, uh, The Doors, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Janis Joplin, 50s doo-wop, Tears on My Pillow, Elton John, Wilson Pickett, all in the same radio station, all, all mixed up together. So if you didn't like the song that was on, just wait a minute and it would change. And there's nothing like that today because everything is just fragmented and niche, you know? Well, I think the best way to put it is not as personal. Yeah. No, I agree. But even even back then in the 80s and 90s, I mean, there was still the niches were being carved. I mean, PLJ was like rock. Um, KTU was disco. The FUV and FMU were the college stations. Uh, w, NEW was like for the real like stoner station where they would just play, play whole albums of like Yes songs or something. <laughs> Um, that, that's so, yeah, strangely sounds like a station I think I can get down with because yeah. I don't have to worry about changing. Yeah, right. The, the twenty-six dial. minutes close to the edge. Woo-hoo, you can do a lot. <laughs> you can do a lot in those twenty-six minutes. That's perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think one of the best parts about listening to a station like this is, is that you want to be able to not feel like you want to change the dial. Yeah. And if you're into everything that's being played, even if you don't know what is going to be played next, you trust the yeah. music library. I mean, you know, I was taping, obviously, the more popular bands and songs of that time. But the thing about LAR is that they played music that nobody else is playing. They would play a lot of two-tone. They would play... Uh, uh, what's two-tone? Two-tone is um, bands like Madness, uh, The English Beat, The Selector. Uh, Specials. Bad Manners. And it was just a, like a ska, like yes. ska music. Like the police were very influenced by ska. Yeah. You know, Yellow Man was very big mm-hmm. at the time. 
WLIO was playing music that you wouldn't hear on the commercial radio stations, which were WPLJ, WNEW, and WKROCK. Uh, yeah, because, well, K-Rock was... The heavy metal station. But that was that early existing in the early 80s? Um, I guess it must have. It must have, have been. Yeah. It was, yeah, they were when hair did bands How, there. When, when did Howard Stern uh, come through? Oh, God. Well, Howard Stern was definitely in the 80s, but I don't think it was that early. Yeah. I don't know. GTS, Google that shit. GTS ham. Yeah. Google that shit hard as a motherfucker. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Um, no, but I'm telling you, the music really helped me. Like, like I lived for mixtapes, lived for them. I, uh, Elon didn't tell you that I brought a bag of like nine of them with me, which I figured I you, would just nine. I have nine tapes. You showed me five. Yeah, by well, text. I have, well, I have, I have plenty. I, I didn't know what I wanted to bring. I, you I just, br- you're you lucky br- I didn't bring the whole crate. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, I have, I have five in my, I have six in my hand, and you have three over there. Let's listen to what we got here on this second tape of yeah. yours. Still the summer of '84. Yep, I think this is Labor Wave Weekend. What we're going to now? Labor Wave Weekend. Yes, eight thirty one nine two nine three. Okay, I imagine that the energy that's going on in the city during Labor Day of '84 is pretty uh, significant, considering there's a, oh, I don't know, an election coming up. Oh, yeah, that's right. That is right. The first. That's right. Oh, my God. Yeah, I could say there was a lot of beach. There was a lot of hanging out at the Ritz and the Pyramid and going to sidewalk on Avenue A and 6th Street for a veggie burger and then going to save the robots and then going to the beach to sleep. Okay, so that's that's the summer of 84. And here's the sound in between crying on your fryer escape because life sucks. Oh, God, you had to bring us there. Continue bringing us there. Let's 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 hear what we got here. Duck with you. Hey, if you're on the roads, especially the LIE, drive safely. La terrain out there. WLIR 92.7, the world famous new music station. Go from Depeche Mode.
I love that song so much. And we were just like, like really like reaming out Malcolm McLaren while it but, was yeah. on. No, but it's okay because that, that record is fresh. I, yeah, I, that record is mad fresh. Malcolm McLaren was infamously an asshole, uh, but he was a good businessman. And, and he was an adapter. He was an adapter and he was a connector. Who did, and we heard before that Depeche Mode with, with, Master and with a new song while you're driving down the LIE. And, and wet, it's raining. Wet, wet rain conditions. <laughs> And before that was uh, Ro- Romeo Void. Romeo Void of the um, We oh, Might right. Be Better Till We Slept. What was it? Sorry. What's... Oh, no. The, the song that we heard was my anthem back then. A Girl in Trouble is a Temporary Thing. But they were known for their hit. I might like you better if I we slept together. I might like you better if we might slept like together. Like we slept together. There's something in your eyes that says maybe. But A Girl in Trouble, that was that was like my anthem because I was the girl in trouble that whole summer. And like there's a line in that song that goes, there's a way to walk that says, stay away. And I used to like walk down the street, like having that in my head. I know. So no guy was going to fuck with no you. Guy, no, 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 no one's going to fuck with They would not even try. They would not even try. But, you they know, try. sometimes you, you need to do that. Sometimes you need to put your, your guard up and shit. But, you know, sure. everything got good. You know, the, the summer was over and then life got better. I ended up getting fired from that job. The boy that I thought I liked didn't like me. And I ended up getting back with my boyfriend. And life continued on pretty good for the next couple of years. So, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> right? I, I do yes, like right. the, the fact that we were also chatting in there about... One thing that I think we glazed over in the last talk set, which is that songs were longer on the radio. Yes. Yeah. They, oh my God, so much longer. Yeah. I mean, LIO used to play 12 inch versions of songs, like the 12 inch version of Magnificent Seven by The Clash, which is like absolute genius. Rockbox by Run DMC. And uh, there was a Heaven 17 song called Let Me Go, which is just like this haunting pre goth anthem of despair. But we're not going to talk about it in Spain anymore because things are good now. And um, just other <laughs> great 12 inch records. I mean, I was like the queen of the 12-inch record. I didn't make that bad joke. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I don't do stand-up comedy. But you storytell all the time. Yeah, I do. As opposed to tell stories. You storytell. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a storyteller. I I I do the storytell. I'm a teller story. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's, it's so true, though. And, you know, with a lot of songs that go on my local radio station back home, They'll just play the album version. You know, playing the album version versus playing the the radio version. That they're called radio versions for a reason. Right, but, singles. A lot of songs were released as singles, and there was a single version, and there was an album version. But, I guess the equivalent would be like the prog rock stations that would play like a whole like King Crimson album or something. Shh, you're you're getting really obscure on us now. <laughs> I mean, I know what you're talking about, but that's like. So were you? Were you, you don't know who King Crimson is? Of course I know who King All Crimson right. is. You have 
to. You're in radio. Tony Levin lived in Woodstock. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. God. I knew his family. I mean, indiscipline, man. That came out that year. Oh. I think. But were you fucking with the prog rock as much Was as I, you were? I, yeah, I liked everything. You know, there's, it's just that what I brought to you for this show was encapsulating a certain moment of, t- of time for me. That's well, all. Well, you know? we, we have... And it's temporary yeah. because, like, you know, it sh- started out bad. It ended up good. And, like, it's just a reminder that, like, whatever stuff that you're going through, whatever changes you're going through, it passes. And a lot of times music helps you get through it. We have time for listen to a few more songs from another tape. Uh, this tape of which is t- entitled, uh, actually, I think you have the case, oh, and I, I don't have the case. It's called Radio Wave. Radio Wave. Okay, so we <laughs> so we listen to Party Tape, and then Labor Wave Weekend, and now we've got Radio, Radio Wave. wave. Okay. No, All no right, pun intended whatsoever. Radio Wave from WLIR, the station that dared to be different. Let's hear it.
stop drinking because I got tired like waking up in my car driving 90. 92, 92. Think of it as 598-3038. Thompson Twins and Out of the Gap on Club 89. Playing, as we were playing out there, there was a little bit of Thompson Twins. It was a mashup of all the Thompson Twins songs that were um, popular at the time called Out of the Gap. Before that, we heard uh, Late Bar by Duran Duran. And then, and then Naked um, Eyes up on top, right? Mm-hmm. What in the name of love are we doing? Yeah. So another good point to make is, is you know, listening to music from this year that is not necessarily the the singles. And, no. and, and so it's another point to make about saying that you could hear tracks that were not the ones that were being released to radio for official singles. You were hearing all the album tracks and I thought that was the coolest part of radio. It's funny when like you could like call up your radio station and make a request and you be saying track five on so and so an album that isn't the single, and they're like, "Sure, they play it," and it just feels so. Um, the word would be empowering. I think. Do you agree, Allie? Yes, I do agree. Actually, good for sure. I knew you would. I knew it. And you didn't like going to the club and dancing to this music. Oh, I did. I go. I went to the Ritz all the time. I lived there. You go, lived at the Ritz? Well, kind of, yeah. Okay. I went there as much as I could. I won tickets to see. I saw oh, so, God, so many bands there. And I used to go to the Pyramid a lot. Yeah. And um, uh, Robert Pritchard from uh, Radio Free Brooklyn was a doorman at the Pyramid. That's when he moved to New York. So I bet you he he um, was nice to me. Because I remember one time there was a big scary guy with, with tattoos. And I didn't have, it was $5 to get in. I only had four fifty, and he let me in. <laughs> That's and I was awesome. like, Robert, do you remember the, the the skinny little new wave nerd redhead? And he said, nah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I know you now. Rob Pritchard has some amazing titles in his time that uh, Jimmy and I are, are aware of, including his uh, time, uh, you know, as an actor. You know, yeah, yeah, the the Toxic Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to our friend Rob Pritchard. Yeah, I mean, listening to all the the '80s radio is super awesome. I I'm really in. Uh, excited that we got a chance to listen to all this. Uh, it brings back to uh, memory how much radio played a huge impression on me and why I'm sitting in the chair that I am right now um, chatting with uh, Allison Goodman and Michelle Carlo on a Thursday afternoon. I mean, I listened to radio. Um, Dave Leonard and Nick Harcourt uh, are just two names that I can pick out of a box that I remember very distinctly as making such a huge impression on me as a DJ. Were there any DJs uh, from LIR that you followed and like you became yeah. enamored with Donna Donna Howard the Duck um, Howard the Duck Howard the Duck yeah not the Howard the Duck no no I, oh God I can't remember I I would have to I would have to GTS but I will say this there is a there there's a documentary on <laughs> Showtime GTS Google that shit if I can't think of something I just GTS Google that shit um the, the Showtime is right right now playing a documentary about LIR 
and those really? years. Yes, and I wish I had Showtime. If someone has Showtime, please record this for me and share it on Google Drive. You can reach me at Fish Out of Agua on RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. There might be a gift in it for you. And oh. the thing, if anyone wants to record that documentary for me. Get on it, Allison. Somebody. Okay. But, you know, it okay. just I have to thank you, Elon, because it made, you know, the music the, that we played today was from a pretty traumatic time that I was going through. And it also reminded me of how much happiness there was. And it's like, you know. Well, you got to have a little yeah, bit of both. Yeah. The music made me happy. And, you know, music gets you through stuff. And like anything, almost anything in life is temporary. And all and everything passes. There's more where that came from. And we certainly invite you to come back and uh, share more of these music and tell some more stories behind the music. Because you being such a formidable storyteller that you are, there is plenty of stories behind the music of which, um, you know, would otherwise just be music. But there, oh. there's a lot of context, especially when we're hearing with such quick, nice, uh, uh, you know, it, you know, all of a sudden, sudden stops and, you know, starts into the next song. That's, uh, that's, that's what I live it's for. Radio, uh, radio I gold. Uh, 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 I just, I get really authentic uh, with my, oh, I love it. Well, you know, DIY, yo. <laughs> I, I never, about. I never let not knowing how to do something s- stop me from doing it. Story of my life. The end. La la. <laughs> no, not the end. To be continued. What am I talking about? <laughs> to be continued. To be continued. Find her. Uh, your girl here, Michelle Carlo, every Tuesday afternoon from 3 to 4 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. That's Fish Out of Agua. And for the time being, that's going to do it for us here this week on Lost and Rewound. You can find us all over the place on Facebook, on Twitter, and, you know, we're all, we're, 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 we're available. Not for, for birthday parties, but uh, for, you know, being uh, your purveyors of the audio artifacts of old. Allison, you're going to be here next week. Yes, I am. So you could make up for all the awkward silences and give me a big hug when when I when we see each other. Perfect, I'm excited. Yay! So nice to meet yeah. you, Allison. Good luck with all your arty projects in um New Orleans. Send us some nice weather. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Soon enough, indeed. This is Lost and Rewind. My name is Alon, and I've been grateful that you all joined us for this edition of Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Take care, everybody. This is what Brooklyn sounds like. Love each other. It's the Brooklyn way.
W L I R.